0: You're listening to Emphasis on Air, the new podcast from the PHA UK, talking all things PH and what matters to you.
1: Hi, I'm Sean. Hey, up. I'm John. Hi, I'm Mary. And together, we're all part of Team PHA UK.
0: welcome to episode eight now of our not so new podcast. Today, we're talking about money. Love it or hate it, we all need it to some extent. And today we're talking specifically about the support that the PHA offers around benefits. And this is a topic that we know is very important to a lot of you out there. So we just wanted to kick off actually by mentioning um, a survey that some of you might have remembered filling in back in 2018,
1: 2019, Sean? Yeah, late 2018, I think it was.
0: Pre-COVID anyway, yeah. um, where we looked into the true financial impact of pulmonary hypertension And just some of the key statistics that came out of that showed that 76% of people with PH under the age of retirement saw their financial situation decline since being diagnosed, which probably doesn't come of of, of much of a surprise. Um, Neither does the next one, which is that 81% of people with PH said they found applying for benefits difficult. We know that for so many people, well, it's more than difficult, isn't yeah, it? It's, yeah. it's an utter nightmare for some people, um, which is why we have built up this this catalogue of resources to help people going through that very process. Uh, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So, Sean, uh, you are our resident benefits expert. Okay. <laughs> so you're going to start, aren't you, by telling us a little bit about what's available.
1: Yeah. So when people call into the office, the first thing that I advise everybody, and it'd be the same on the, on, on this podcast, is... So go on our website and there's something on there called a benefit calculator. What that does is anonymously, you can fill your information in, um, financial information, that sort of thing. And once you're done, it will generate benefits that you may be successful at applying for. So it's not a guarantee uh, because all it's doing is going off some crude financial information, but it gives you a starting point. And sometimes that could be the hardest thing is knowing where to go, who to contact and how to get in contact with them. And that benefit calculator, the results that come from that, that's what that gives you.
0: And that's in partnership with another charity, isn't it, John?
1: Yeah, that's right. Uh, Charity called Turn To Us, that
2: PHA have a partnership with, and they are
1: are experts. Yeah, they are experts in this very thing, benefits, grants, that sort of thing.
0: And that can be found, as Sean says, on our main website, which is um, phauk.org. There's a dedicated web area um, on there, which you'll find from the homepage. Uh, A number of things on there, and we'll talk a bit more detail about some of them later on. Um, First thing uh, probably is the the web pages that cover different different topics that you might find useful if you're in the process of applying for benefits. Um, They cover important definitions, um, the appeals process, the world, Health Organization
1: functional class. Yeah, um, so it'd be worth mentioning actually why that's on there. So uh, the reason why we've put the the whole functional class, the World Health Organization functional class, up on there is it's a really good way of articulating how you feel. So explaining when you're writing down forms or if, if somebody asks you in a in an assessment interview is by being able to say I am in who functional class two, three, four is that's something that they can then go away and compare against and actually read up upon. Um, so it's just it's a, it's a really quick, easy and stressless way of saying that this is how I feel.
2: Yeah, and there's also on the website, you'll find some downloadable guides for people who find it, uh, who would rather print something off and uh, read it on paper and make notes. There are some downloadable guides specific to some of those topic topics.
0: So, while we're talking about what's available in the way of support on our website, I think it's probably just worth at this stage mentioning that we're here today chatting very easily and openly about the issue of benefits, but we do know that it's not the case for everybody. Some people do find it hard to talk about this topic, don't they? I know, John, there is um, quite a impactful statistic in the research that we mentioned earlier, which, which really demonstrates that.
2: Yeah, that's right. I'm just looking at that now. Yeah, 61% of people feel embarrassed about re- receiving benefits. Uh, and I think that's uh, really telling that uh, people feel as though they, well, if they go from uh, life where they su- can support themselves and have got regular income from work, and then that has to stop because of their illness, they might never have had any experience before about uh, at, uh, needing to go for financial support from the state. And it can be really uncomfortable and, um, um, and and a difficult, a difficult concept to, um, get the head around.
0: And you, um, you've seen that firsthand, haven't you, John? Um, I'm sure you don't mind mentioning your bit about your personal circumstances and your own experience of seeing those that you love going through this very process.
2: Yeah, that's right. So my wife was a teacher, a uh, primary school teacher, she uh, now suffers from uh, quite severe ME uh, and so does my daughter. Um, so yes, yeah, so I've seen my wife go from a, a full-time working, really busy teacher to, someborn, to someone who is housebound. Uh, and so we lost uh, a significant uh, income chunk. Um and we had to go down the. We needed to go down the road of benefits to help supplement our income, of a house of you know, parents and two children.
0: So you've really got that, that personal insight into into what it's like to go through that process and the barriers and challenges that that come with it.
2: Yeah, I have. Yes, and also seen two people. Uh, so my daughter is in her early 20s, my wife's in her 50s uh, and seen two people. So within the space of a couple of years, they both with the same condition, went through the same process of applying for the same benefit PIP and had very different experiences. Uh, my wife, it was f- relatively straightforward and she was successful on first application uh, through to my daughter, where we ended up going all the way to court uh, to, to appeal. And I think a
0: lot of people listening to this can probably identify with that experience themselves. Um, And we know, don't we, from going back again to the research um, from 2019, that there's a statistic to back that up as well, isn't
2: there? Yes, well, really interesting statistic here to compare the two. So 52% of applicants were turned down uh, the first time of applying for the benefits, but then ultimately 78% or nearly 80% of people were successful eventually if they were prepared to go through the appeal process, which is a really important topic that we will touch on.
0: And some, yeah, some of our resources that that we have do cover that appeals process as well, because we know that unfortunately, so many people do have to go through that.
1: Yeah, they do. And I mean, th- that would be backed up by the, the sort of the anecdotal calls that we get into the office and stuff, that those statistics ring true that... Um, the hardest thing is is persevering with it and and sort of going through that process and not being deterred if you do have to appeal, because um, and to echo what John said about his his wife and daughter that the you can be the have the same condition going through the you know the same process and the outcomes can be incredibly different. So I see often people on the Facebook group asking for you know peer support and asking each other questions and things and some being deterred by what they've read, but. Does, the experience can be so different despite it being the exact same can be so incredibly different so um yeah
2: yeah i think if we'd not experienced my wife being successful i'm not sure that that my daughter would have had the um the t- determination to stick with it because i'm not going to lie it was hard at times yeah. and it is it is quite tempting when you're ill and uh, the process is difficult, um, difficult to go through, and it can make life harder at the time because it's it can be challenging and emotional and frustrating and makes really angry. Um, so it wasn't easy, mm. but I'm really glad that we carried on with it because ultimately my daughter was successful at court. And the other thing to remember is that it might mean that the process is pretty drawn out and it can be months and months that you're going through the application and then the appeal process. But assuming that you're successful at the end, and as our research shows, the vast majority of people are successful at the end, your benefits are backdated to when you first made that uh, application. So whilst you might be waiting months and months and getting nothing, if you're successful, that is redressed and you can uh, hopefully benefit from a a, a large lump sum to get you back up to uh, uh, on an even keel
1: yeah and it was that work that was done that made us decide to invest in this area and produce resources that would help support people to be as prepared as humanly possible for going into those applications (laughs)
2: Um, Yeah. And having the typical person, I think what we had in mind were people that maybe, as I said earlier, no experience uh, of the past of having to apply for any kind of benefits or any kind of financial support in the past. And it is quite a unique world um, with really specific language and terminology. And if you've not been through it before, um, it's it's difficult to know what to do, what's the right and the wrong things to do.
0: It's free to join the PHA UK and we now have over four and a half thousand members. Sign up on our website at www.phauk.org or give us a ring on 01709 761 450 So going back to uh, some of the support and resources that the PHA offers as a charity then in the area of of benefits application and in some cases um, appealing, Uh, let's just talk for a minute about the uh, going old school here, the printed publications that people can have, which are all freely available to order from our website.
1: Yeah, so we've got um, got two. We've got one called the uh, Financial Support, What Could My Family and I Be Entitled To? Lengthy title, I know but it does exactly what it says on the tin. So the idea was that you could receive that. There are some case studies in there. So it's it's people who are in particular situations and see what they're able to apply for. And the hope is we've tried to be as um, as generic as possible with those case studies that you may be able to identify with one of them and go, oh, well, if they've been able to apply for that, then maybe I can. Um, but also in there are, are helpful tips. So John related to them having a language uh, the Department of Work and Pensions. Uh, and on there is uh, are some certain phrases that you can use to explain um, things about your life. So uh, things such as uh, frequently. So if you say that you frequently suffer from something, what does that actually mean in their language? Because um, it can mean something very different for you than what it would do for them. And by being empowered with these phrases and, um, and whatnot as you're going into that um, assessment, or filling in the application form, then you are more likely to be successful first off because you've been able to use language that they will be able to understand and relate points to.
0: It's almost like taking an exam, isn't it?
1: Do you know it is a little bit, actually.
0: It shouldn't be. It doesn't feel right that it's like that.
1: No, no, it doesn't. And um, you often find that that's why when somebody's gone through it the first time around, they're they're more prepared for it again because they know what to expect. Um, So it's funny you say exam, actually, because the other one that we've got is is called a benefit assessment toolkit. And the aim with that was really specific was um, despite the previously mentioned book being available for people is that when the assessments came and they got the phone call, right, you filled your form in, you're going to be having an assessment. People were still quite anxious about what that meant and what that would look like. So we, we took this opportunity to create a resource that would support people with that.
2: Yeah. So it breaks down the process and it so people know what to expect at what stage because of different processes, different stages that you go to go mm. through. So it's been forewarned about that, Uh, and then helping you to be prepared for each of those stages.
1: Yeah. Uh, So in there, the so it's kind of got your 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 first few pages uh, around um, preparing you for your assessment, sort of letting you know what to expect. Because bits of feedback that we got from people over the phone and people that spoke to at conferences and things was that it was that unknowing what's going to come up, what's going to be asked of me, what what are they going to expect from me when they come into either coming to my home or when I go to their offices to be assessed. Um, so by letting them know this is what you can expect, at least they've got a plan. So then they can be as prepared as possible. Um, and then at the back, so the second half of that book, um, we uh, we we made a, um, it's almost like a mock exam, isn't it, John? You know?
2: It is, yeah. Lots of space to fill in your own specific answers to all the um set questions that you're more than likely going to get asked.
1: Yeah. So you're not necessarily likely to get asked all of them, but the aim is that by being as prepared as possible with your answers and really giving them some good thought when the, so these questions are sat in front of you, which may be asked of you in person, is by taking the opportunity to refer back to these other pages, other books, resources on the website, and being able to write your answers down to those questions, is that then when they're asked of you in person, you've already got the answer in the back of your head.
2: Yes, you can't be too prepared because, you know, the more evidence you can gather, whether it's clinical letters or making sure that you've taken the time at home to reflect and fully think through all the things that you want to get across, all the things that you want to make sure that they understand and know about you, and there's nothing worse than coming out of an assessment thinking, oh, damn, I wish I'd said that. Oh, I wish I'd, I wish I'd mentioned that. And so this toolkit can really help that. um, This toolkit can really prevent that from happening. Yeah.
0: And both those publications um, are available to order for free from phauk.org.
2: Yep. They're on the shop. It's worth just mentioning as well in the first one uh, something that I found really in- useful, which was the, just a list of all the benefits that you can apply for, and you'd be surprised how long that list is actually.
1: Yeah, because yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll not go into it too much, but there are also things like sort of your carers' benefit and that sort of thing. So don't just think it's necessarily for you listening; is it might be the, the maybe things available for your loved one. So ask them to go on the the benefit toolkit, which, as we mentioned, is on the website go on there and see if there might be support available for them as well.
0: So just to wrap things up then, um, Sean, you've been with the charity for 10 years now,
1: 10 years this time year,
0: time flies Ten. in that time. You've, you've spoken to a lot of people, um, go having different experiences with benefits, different stumbling blocks and and whatnot. If you had one piece of advice for someone listening now who's going through the benefits process, what would you what would you say?
1: The, the bit of advice I give everybody right at the end of the call is don't give up. And it's really easy for me to say because it's not me going through the process. As John mentioned before, it can be really arduous and it can be really, really painful. But is don't give up. It's a support that is available to you. Um, and as much as you may be made to feel as though it's not there for you, it is Um, so don't give up and before you do always feel free to give us a ring and we can chat through whatever it is that you need to talk through